Hello, Bermuda. Welcome to Best Health, presented by the Royal Gazette and RG Megs. This is your go-to health podcast, connecting you with Bermuda's finest in health and wellness. A big shout out to our sponsor for this episode, the Lindo's Group of Companies. Why go anyplace else? Now let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of the Best Health Podcast, where we keep it real and dive deep into topics that matter most. I'm your host, Carrie Aswood of Carrie Lee Fitness, and in today's episode, we're delving into men's mental health, a topic that often doesn't get the attention it truly deserves. And with me in the studio are two awesome guys who I just had the pleasure of having a conversation with. Uh, They're making a significant impact on men's mental health, uh, Mr. Fitzgerald Williams and Dr. Ernest Peets Jr. of Mask Bermuda. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Appreciate that, Karen. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Uh, why don't we start off with some introductions? Uh, tell us a bit more about yourselves, your role at Mask, and what Mask is. Oh, For sure. those who don't know in Bermuda. <laughs> yeah, so thank you. Uh, yeah. Uh, my name is Dr. Ernest Peets. I'm, I'm a proud co-founder of Mask uh, Bermuda. Um, I have um, uh, a degree in certification in marriage and family counseling, uh, as well as a uh, certified addiction counselor as well. Um, so... I'm really, really excited about, you know, what we're doing over there at Mask uh, as it relates to creating a space uh, for men and promoting mental health. Yeah, um, my name is Fitzgerald Williams, as you so eloquently indicated. (laughs) I am um, another co-founder at Mask. Uh, I have my master's degree in guidance and counseling. I have two bachelor's degrees. One is sociology, one is social work. I am certified in rational emotive behavioral therapy. And this is my passion. I've, I love this. It's what I, I believe I was created to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I can impact one person's life, then certainly, you know, I believe that everything that I've done and how I've lived my life has been worthwhile. And so it's just about creating a space for men to be able to come in and feel as if they can just have a conversation. You know, the idea is not to make it feel so much like therapy. Um, however, we do get them come in and lie down on the couch, (laughs) 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 but, but it's just creating that safe space and make them feel comfortable enough where they can just begin to share just some of the challenges and just do it in the way of having a conversation. Absolutely. It sounds like you're very passionate about what you do. Yeah, Um, we all are. I mean, it's really, really been fantastic. You know, the journey getting here, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've known each other for probably the better part of 20 years. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we've, we've worked in just about every uh, conceivable human service uh, agency on the island, mm-hmm. even working together uh, in the uh, Department of Court Services, for yeah. example. Yeah. Uh, so the opportunity to actually come together of after all these years and, and sort of you know, bring together our, not only our passion, but also our experience and create a, a resource center for men, uh, we just really felt that that was a really good time. However, we started during COVID, which yes. was oh, quite a <laughs> yes. quite a ordeal. Yes, it was. Um, obstacle. But, yeah. but what surprised me the most was how receptive uh, mm-hmm. the community was. Not just other clinicians uh, in the field, but you know how how the male population responded uh, uh, to mass making itself available uh, to men. Yeah, and just as a point of clarity, uh, mask is M A S C as in cat. Um, and people oftentimes ask us, you know, if it's uh, an acronym, but it's actually not. You know, we're guys, we're 
pretty simple and straightforward, <laughs> yes. right? So it's actually short for masculine, but it is a play on words as well. Um, because as men, we ordinarily walk around um, with a mask on daily. And so it's kind of removing the mask and allowing us to become or be our most authentic self. Yeah, I love that. Um, one of the things I loved the most when I was, you know, doing my research and, <laughs> and kind of, you know, scoping you guys out um, was your website was right bef- right beside where it says, you know, Masked Bermuda. It says because you can't just throw dirt on your emotions, yeah. which <laughs> I just loved that, yes, you know, yes. and I think that probably really speaks to, you know, the guys out there who yeah. probably feel, you know, just so uncertain as to how to even begin to address their mental health um you know and with movember coming up you know Mm -hmm. men's health month um you know what inspired you to focus on men's mental health why is it so important to you what um you know led you to this passion well for me you know it's 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 this unfortunate realization that one men are underrepresented uh, in this particular field, not just on the clinician side, uh, but also underrepresented as clients, you know. And so we do know from experience as well as from research that the majority of individuals who actually access mental health services and get, you know, the benefits of therapy and counseling are usually the female counterparts. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, over the course of my career, when men do finally, you know, come into the doors of a, a therapist or a counselor, is usually after some catastrophic crisis, or perhaps maybe they've made contact with the criminal justice system mm-hmm. or may have been incarcerated. And sometimes when that happens, the first time they actually get some assistance around some emotional issues or some mental health issues is after they've been incarcerated or after they've had a drug addiction, for example, and may have committed a crime. You know, we certainly have seen that a lot. And, you know, one of the reasons why mass exists today is that, you know, we really believe that if men can get involved in mental health services early, you know, not only would it mitigate those later issues, but, man, it will certainly improve family life. It certainly would improve uh, retention in education. Uh, it would just produce a, a better, well-rounded, more healthy individual for society. So that's one of the reasons why I love it. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more. Uh, the other side of that is that um, a lot of men oftentimes are not comfortable with making that initial step to get into therapy, right? And I can speak for myself um, in that when I had a loss, significant loss in my life, you know, I struggled. I struggled for a long time. And um, everyone would just ask, you know, how you doing? Hope you're all right. But that just wasn't enough. And so I learned that it was easier for me or helpful for me rather to speak with people. But I found that I was speaking to the wrong people. You know, um, or for example, you find that, or I find rather that a lot of guys will go to the bar and have conversations at the bar, drinking alcohol, and they get bad information. And it ends up compounding their overall emotional needs, but also the situation itself. And so this is where you find that some people hit rock bottom. And so as Dr. Pete was alluding to is that, you know, we'd like to assist them on the front end of that. And so just kind of build them up. And so they have this platform that they can build off of once, for example, they begin to, you know, their energies begin to deplete along the way. Yeah, you know, just filling up their toolbox. Yeah, you know, absolutely. For life, providing them with tools. Um, absolutely. 
yeah, it's sad to hear that so many people tend to turn to therapy, you know, when, like you said, when life's catastrophic, when yeah. something major's happened. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping and I am seeing there being more of a shift in, you know, normalizing mental health uh -huh. care and nipping it in the butt early, you yeah. know, doing more preventative, um, getting ahead of yourself so uh -huh. that, you know, I mean, your mind is your, your best asset, right? I mean, yeah. you're with yourself 24 seven. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and society is a lot more open to it now yeah. um, as, as, a, as opposed to, you know, years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and certainly we still have a long way to go, right? Yeah. Um, however, with social media, you know, people now are able to speak about it. Former athletes, for example, are speaking about the impact um, that mental health has had on them over the years. And even after leaving sports, you have um, artists as well who speak about it. Um, and so a lot of that helps, you know, it helps to normalize it. And that's essentially what it is that we'd like to do. And so the more we speak about these things and people hear mental health and, you know, different challenges that are taking place with them, they don't feel so isolated. Absolutely. They don't feel as if they have to struggle on, on their own. Yeah. Having those role models that yeah. they can relate to, Absolutely. that they see themselves in, right? Yeah. Which, I mean, I think is demonstrates what you two are doing, yeah. right? Like yeah. having men, counseling men, it's like they can see themselves in you and say, yes. oh, okay, like this is this right. is okay, this is normal, right? Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, most people would, would agree that, you know, counseling sometimes can be a bit daunting and scary, you know, because we don't know exactly what to expect. and. Yeah. You know, but it's really about just building a trusting relationship with the individual. Mm -hmm. And what I found with some of the clients that I've worked with is that, you know, once that therapeutic relationship is formed and they feel heard and they feel trusted and they feel safe and they're now able to sort of communicate more openly mm -hmm. and be a little bit more vulnerable about some of the issues and maybe even try some different coping strategies, it just brings a sense of relief. Yeah. You know, because it could, it could be very, very exhausting to try to, continue holding on to that bravado, holding on to that false persona, mm -hmm. you know, keeping that mask going. That mask. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it can be very, very, yeah. very daunting. And um, so I get, I get joy <laughs> when I just think about <laughs> it, you know, and yeah. I'm actually thinking about a client that I had uh, earlier this week, you know, and some of the things that he has shared about how beneficial counseling has been for him, but not just for him, but also for his, his family, yeah. particularly his children. Absolutely, absolutely. So it's a domino effect, it right? Is. It's like you have to put your own mask on first, your oxygen mask yes. first, right? Before yes. you put it on your child mm -hmm. or yes. whatever. If you think about like an airplane, um, you know, and I always like to, you know, to my clients, I'm a strength, a health and fitness coach, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm saying your brain is also a muscle. It and is. you think of therapy almost as like, you know, taking your brain to the gym, taking your mind to the gym um, or clearing your browser history. I always use it as that I as like well. That. You I know, love it's that just like that. That's a good metaphor. <laughs> Ways to just normalize it, you know, you speak to people and they're just like, oh, well, I don't want to just sit there and like talk about my problems and be judged or whatever it yeah. is. It's like, no, you're yeah. just, you're just clearing your history. That's yeah, it. Like, absolutely. you know, coming out more f like with a new perspective on ways to think about things. Yeah. What um, I like to do with some of my clients is that, um, you know, as, as men, oftentimes the guys that I interact with are athletes or former athletes. Okay. And so they're accustomed to having a backpack. And so what happens is, is I kind of give them the analogy that as they go through life, you know, just think about every problem that they've had and assign a weight to it. And you put that in that backpack. And after a while, it becomes so heavy that it keeps you tethered. You know, you're unable to 
excel at something because you have so much weight. And by coming to therapy, we help you to unpack some of that weight to allow you the ability to be able to fly. I think I'm going to have to use that one. That's really good. I love that. Yeah, we can trade for sure. Um, So would you be able to share some of the common mental health issues Mm -hmm. that men, you know, come to you with? Uh, You know, what some of the common, like, challenges, disorders, um, you name it. Yeah. Um, You know, just to name a few, uh, you know, there has been, you know, at least on my case, a little this last couple of years, particularly during COVID, you know, there were some stress-related disorders. Yeah. Uh, so that accumulated stress disorder, um, depression, anxiety, uh, some addiction issues yeah. as relates to, because addiction is really just a, a coping problem. And, yes. you know, there's another issue uh, that we're dealing with or not dealing with in, in this, this particular case. And then, you know, substance or drinking uh, is potentially sort of a coping strategy to try to deal with something that uh, may be stressing. Um, so that's some of the things I, I kind of see most often, but also, you know, because of my background with marriage and family, I also see a lot of clients with a lot of relationship issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So similarly to, to Pete's, um, generalized anxiety disorder is something that I see a lot of, um, helping people be able to manage and cope with, um, just everyday stresses of family, of dealing with boss, employers, et cetera, um, managing their, uh, children, um, increasing their overall emotional intelligence is something as well, particularly for, yeah. for men. Um, everything translates into anger or frustration. Um, and so helping them to understand the root cause of you know, that anger or that emotion that they're experiencing because anger is actually a secondary emotion. And so there is another emotion that they're experiencing first. And sometimes that could be embarrassment. And sometimes it could be hurt. Um, it could be sadness, and it just depends. Um, some early childhood trauma is also things that, that we deal with and just helping them to be able to process some of that um, emotion around that and how that has transcended in terms of how they approach everyday life and the decisions that they make because they're responding to things from a trauma response or a trauma point of view. Yeah. Um, wow. Well, you know, compared to women... Um, you know, as I hear you kind of state different different types of things you see, um, do things like anxiety, depression show up differently in men? Absolutely. Like, yeah. they present differently. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, women probably being more emotional, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Um, mm-hmm. Would you be able to share maybe what some of the signs are, you know, for for loved ones or anything? Like, if you, you know, have a husband, a brother, a father, anything like that, that, you know, maybe to look out for. Certainly, Carrie. Uh, So what happens is, is that, you know, (coughs) pardon me, I'm sorry. Uh, What happens is oftentimes is that for men, how we internalize um, some of these um, emotions, um, it may manifest itself, as I said earlier, and come out in terms of anger. However, men, if they are depressed, have a tendency of um, engaging in more risky behavior. Um, increasing alcohol use, for example, uh, overworking. Uh, There are some instances where men want to um, have more sex. And so obviously these things are completely different than it is to women. One of the challenges has been that a lot of the studies early on were surrounding the impact of these things and depression, for example, on women. 
So because, as Pete said, indicated earlier, that men wasn't accessing the services, we, were, we didn't have access to this type of information. And so now as more men are getting involved in therapy, um, we're having and we're beginning to be able to see the variations and the differences between the two. Yeah, and typically also with men, we, we tend to not recognize those issues as early as perhaps maybe our female counterparts. Partly because you know we're not as connected with our issues and our feelings mm-hmm. as much as our female counterparts, so we tend to maybe suffer with those issues longer uh, until they kind of sort of accumulate to a point where you know it creates a, a certain amount of crisis yeah. uh, for the individual. Um, so you know those are some things that uh, we, we've noticed quite often. So one of the things that I'm desperately concerned about with with most men is this issue around avoidance. And, you know, there's an issue that we need to address. You know, there are individuals in my life who perhaps maybe even see it, but I'm just not, you know, comfortable at this moment in in addressing it head on and practice a lot of avoidance behavior. And those avoidance behaviors usually just create more stress and and, and more issues. Absolutely. Uh, It's one of the reasons why we're so grateful for the opportunity that we have at Mass. And I'm like, hey, Fitzy, I just tell me, <laughs> you know, you take the mask off today. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I can see what you're going through. Yeah. And, you know, if you're looking for someone who can understand what that feels like, you know, you're talking to him right now. Yeah. Very and true. So let's see if we can talk this one out. Yeah. And that's what we start with. Yep. I very like true. That. You mentioned, you know, men not being as in touch with, you know, their emotions or just mm-hmm. having that general awareness of, I am feeling sad, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever it is, being in touch with their emotions. Um, how much of that is just from the narrative of what, um, you know, boys are fed growing yes. up, you know, those yeah. um, roles that they're kind of assigned yes. to be the the strong one, you know, um, yeah. my son's been told before, oh, boys don't cry. And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, 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 he's, he's allowed to cry. You know, <laughs> I tried to end up at the butt early. Yes. But yeah. I'd love to hear your, um, you know, your take on that, like yeah, how so much of an influence that th- has. So th- that, that's a very, very huge part of the issue that, that men are dealing with is, is, is how boys are raised mm-hmm. um, how and how yeah. we're socialized. And, um, and, and those issues sometimes begin to sort of, prevent him, you know, from developing, you know, that side of himself that becomes, you know, a little bit more in tune with his thoughts and his feelings and also being able to develop some vocabulary around those things. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I've noticed, Fitzy, is that some of the men, particularly some of the adolescents I've worked with, their emotional vocabulary is very insufficient. Yeah, limited. So if you ask them to identify feeling words, oh, anger, mm-hmm. hate. You know, primary emotions. Right, they, they can get those primary yeah. ones, but the nuances of feeling sad and depressed, you know, those, those, those feelings are real, but the vocabulary around those conversations are, are, are very, very difficult for them to have. That's the reason why the journal... I I found uh, with the clients have been so, so helpful. Absolutely. And to your point as well, um, Carrie, this is where men find themselves in challenges in their overall relationships, right? It's because, you know, their partner wants them to open up and express and convey. But men, or some men rather, uh, use a different form of communication. 
all right? Um, language wouldn't be one of their stronger forms of communication. And so um, to show love, they may buy things or do things around the house or what have you, right? And so as a result of them not, or sorry, us, not having enough um, practice in our formative years in terms of the emotions and the conversations surrounding that is why when we get into relationships, some women refer to us as being emotionally closed off. When we're really not, we just don't have the language. It's not developed. And is that something that you know can be developed with, yes. with therapy? Yeah, with so that's something that can be learned and yes. improved yeah. upon. Yeah, right. Which is one of the which is one of the things that you know we're trying to do with with the men that which we're working with. So, you know, one of the things that uh, I do almost all the time with uh, clients, particularly the new ones, uh, I take them through that first page mm-hmm. of the uh, mind journal and help them to sort of identify some of those feelings yeah. by picking those words. Yes. And yes. then talking about those words and how those words are connected with other feelings, but also how they're connected with what you're doing regarding your relationships today. Yeah. And similarly to that, I have an emotions wheel in my office. Mm-hmm. And so I know that wheel. Yeah, that absolutely. Wheel. Yes. So this is an extensive. Right. This is an extensive. Yeah, it takes you from the outer all the way, way to, the, to the core. And it yeah. shows how all the emotions are interconnected. Right. And so as a result of that, you know, um, when we're in the middle of session and, you know, the guy says that, you know, I don't know how I'm feeling. I'm like, well, just look right. Mm-hmm. Look to the right and pick a word out of there. The one that you think it illustrates or demonstrates or communicates rather how you feel. And then let's talk about that. And let's talk about how your interpretation of that emotion has led to you acting in this particular right. way or behaving in this particular way. That's really powerful yeah. to be able to name it. Yeah, yep. um, absolutely. To share with our listeners, because I know, and I'm nodding because I know the emotional wheel. I've had it up at my desk, at my office space before, you know, where I, maybe I'm feeling angry one day or, you know, sad, whatever it is. But could you highlight just an example? You know, I know there's happy, there's... Um, of tired is one of them there there's a bunch <laughs> uh, you know but let's just say angry for one right. like what how could you you know break that down what does that look like maybe just a few examples right. of words that you might be able to use instead of angry how they might be feeling right and so for example um most people can identify with what it feels like to feel embarrassed i mentioned this earlier yeah. okay when you feel embarrassed you become defensive and in your defensiveness you lash out and so how embarrassment can lead to the thought process of being angry, okay? And so the root um, emotion is not actually the anger, but the embarrassment, which leads to the heart, and the heart translates or reveals itself in the form of anger. And so that's just one example of that. And so he may be looking at it, or other people may be looking at it as, oh, he has anger management issues. Because we hear that all the time. We hear anger management. You know, he needs anger management. Maybe he needs emotional management. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Getting to that root cause. Yeah, I've had a few clients that have come, you know, because they've been referred for anger management. And I'm like, you know, I don't do anger management. Yeah. You know, if you want to resolve your issue, (laughs) (laughs) then I can help you to resolve it. But uh, I don't think anger is something that needs to be sort of uh, bottled. Yeah. Yeah. It's an emotion, just like all the rest of them. Right. right? 
needs to be so, processed, yeah, right? It really needs to be does. processed, right? It really does. So it's, it's there for a reason. So it's it's like the it's like the thermostat in the room. It's 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 taking the temperature mm-hmm. of something else, mm-hmm. uh, giving you the impetus to perhaps do something right. about it. The same way a fever would. Yeah. yeah. So a f- having a fever, well, how would you know no, whether or not there's right. an infection somewhere? That's right. And you know, so you don't want to manage the fever. You want to. Okay, well, the fever means that there's something else going on. Yep. So let's see if we can address that. Absolutely. And let's be honest. Anger is, <coughs> pardon me, anger is a useful emotion. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when you think about uh, people who go to war, for example, you know, that's something that they utilize because it keeps you on edge and makes you aware, etc. And so there isn't anything wrong with anger. However, it's how people react to certain situations, right? And I think... That's what alarms a lot of people when it comes to um, seeing someone kind of overreact or what have you. You know, the reaction is not commensurate with the act that led to that in the first place. And so that's more of emotional regulation than anything else. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. And I guess, like, you know, if these things aren't addressed, Mm -hmm. right, if you're just bottling things up, um, you know, as tough tough as a thing this is to talk about, um, you know, it can lead to that increased risk of suicide, yeah. which, yes. you know, I did want to bring up, you know, in lieu of sure. mental health well, month or sure. men's health month. Well, the suicide um, rates you know, of men are, are very, very high. Yeah. 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 Much higher than women, are. actually. Absolutely. And, and largely because of the fact that um, men, for example, use more lethal approaches toward dealing with suicide. And, and let's be honest, okay, if we, if we want to get real. This is a taboo subject, you know, people don't want to talk about these types of things, but we do, mm-hmm. you know, we do. We, when someone mentions or alludes to the fact that they want to do harm to themselves, you know, we explore this with them and we want to find out whether or not you've got a plan and what that looks like and, and those types of things. And so it's not something to avoid. And so <coughs> as a result of um, some of the practices that men utilize you know they're more lethal and that's why the rate is a lot higher for men than it is for women so we're grateful for you know uh organizations that have decided to make you know for example november you know uh, men's mental health month uh one we want to bring awareness you know to the issue that both male and females experience stress Mm -hmm. and are dealing with emotional uh and mental health issues and there is this disparity between uh, males and females on how frequently they access services. And there is this different social stigma, for example, uh, with men who tend to avoid uh, this type of conversation, this type of space because of their ill-conceived ideas about what's masculine and and what that bravado perhaps uh, may look like. Uh, But also, you know, there aren't a lot of resources out there that Mm -hmm. are actually dedicated just for men. You know, and Bermuda's been around for quite some time. We've been pretty pro- progressive like the rest of the Western world with our mental health and, you know, our mental health act and our hospital is, is, is top notch. Um, but, you know, to my knowledge and maybe to yours as well, Fitzy, you know, this is probably the first time in Bermuda's history that we've had a mental health space dedicated Absolutely. just for men. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and maybe it's, it's been long overdue. Yeah, yeah. But I think also... Maybe one of the reasons for that as well is because of the time that we're in the climate, right? Um, 
COVID has allowed the opportunity for people um, to come out and to open up a lot more about their mental health and the impact of, of the many losses that we experience, you know. Um, that was a traumatic period for the world in general. And so um, years ago, these types of things just weren't discussed because, you know, what happens in the house stays in the house. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't take this conversation outside of the house. And so that's how we kind of got to the point that we're at right now. Yeah, plus the lockdowns, you know, sort of created this this temporary sort of situation where the normal distractions of everyday life, going to work and so on and so forth, just wasn't there. Wasn't there and then yeah. you're sort of forced to sort of live with yourself mm -hmm. and live <laughs> with someone else, you know, yep. for extended periods of time. Yeah. And that sort of creates this, this situation where, wait a minute, you know, there, there are some things that, you know, this particular period of lockdown, for example, yeah. are sort of bringing to our, our attention. Absolutely. And um, so when we started during COVID, of course, everything started on Zoom. Yes, <laughs> and um, I was I was very app apprehensive about, you know, well, you know, all, you know, prior to COVID, I mean, all of our clients were always in person. Like, yeah, like how is this absolutely. going, how is this going to work? And it just never stopped. Yeah, yeah. It absolutely. just, it just never stopped. I didn't realize people wanted and needed to talk yeah. so much. It's kind of like a shared experience where everybody kind of felt like they could relate to each other. Yeah. You know, I mean, as tough as a time as it was, I think there was a little bit of beauty in the fact that, like, for once, everyone in the world could somewhat relate to Agreed. each other. You know, Agreed. going through the same kind of struggle. Yes. Um, you yes, know, I, I feel like the, the same way language. when there's a hurricane here. Yeah. You know, the day after, everyone's kind of, we're all in this together, you know? Mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. That's right. There's just that feeling of relatability. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I did just want to, you know, touch on suicide. Um, I just have one more question mm -hmm. regarding that, you know, with what comes to mind is, um, you know, recently uh, the famous um, dancer, and he was the DJ on Ellen, was uh, Twitch. Yes. You know, he... Yep. Uh, you know, unfortunately took his life. Yes. And it was, um, I yeah. think, took the world by storm. It was very, very shocking. Yeah, it was a few months ago, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, for one, was completely shocked. Um, yeah. You know, I followed him for years. And, and I use him as an example because he presented himself, while it was through social media mm -hmm. and on TV, as a really happy, positive, fun-loving guy. Yes. So you're looking at this guy and saying, like, what? And you didn't realize he was struggling. Exactly. Yeah. So my question is, like, what are, you know, some of the warning signs? Um, you know, what can friends and family, like, you know, maybe look out for just to be vigilant of, you know, their male loved ones? Right. Um, so changing of behaviors, patterns of behaviors, that is an indication as well. People want to isolate themselves, mm -hmm. um, not go around family, not really go out too much. Um, or on the reverse end, as I said, you know, they might be doing that all the time as a form of avoiding, you know, certain things that's taking place. Um, those are indications. Um, when people begin to kind of catastrophize and, you know, oh, the, they, they talk about the entire world and everyone and what have you, um, you can sometimes tell by just their choice of words as well. Um, you know, everything becomes doom and gloom. Um, they give away possessions as well. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Anything so else? usually, with um, some of the research that I've 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 had around suicide prevention, 
and suicide cases, you know, very, very seldom is there this acute issue that uh, leads to uh, an imminent suicide. Sometimes that happens, but it, mm-hmm. that's usually less frequent than, yeah. than the other type where there is this sort of slow but long progression mm-hmm. um, where issues are just sort of underneath the surface, still there, we're trying to manage them, maybe even mask them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And social media does have the ability to mask issues quite well. Yeah. So you, you yeah. can have a social presence that is completely opposite of your personal and private presence. Yeah. In your inner world. Absolutely. Yes. You're not showing that. We only show you know, the good stuff. Absolutely. We don't show ourselves right. crying on social media. Right. So Most the, people don't. Right. There's so some people that the don't. pictures yeah. and the posts and the likes don't necessarily reflect what's really going on with the individual. Mm-hmm. And perhaps maybe, you know, in the beginning, you know, my social media presence is really thriving and that is sort of encouraging this, the, the, the same problem. Mm-hmm. So um, instead of me really addressing what's really going on, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm allowing this sort of social media sort of thing to really grow and, and mushroom into something but underneath that all, there is someone who is really, really suffering. And unfortunately, when there's a lot of money involved sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, the people that are around you yeah. are not really concerned about you. They're only concerned about the brand. Right. They're only concerned yeah, about, course. you know, the uh, revenue that maybe your page or your uh, profile may be generating. And you just become sort of a, a cash cow, you know, a commodity to individuals. And people sort of wonder, well, Where's me? Well, where's where's self? Right. You know, Absolutely. do you really see me? Do you really love me? Or are you really just really just out for the outside persona of what I'm trying to present? And unfortunately in this case, and I, I didn't know this case and mm-hmm. you know, and I'm already feeling a, l- a little broken up about it. I mean that's cause that's someone's life, that's yeah. someone's son, that's someone's sister brother, you know, that's that's really awful. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate that. That definitely, you know, shed some light. And I think it's so important to remember, you know, when you're scrolling through social media, um, you know, and looking at your, like, entertainers, people you look up to, that they're also human. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. they get paid a lot of money to mm-hmm. show up a certain way. Yeah. You know, yes. it's, you well, see you know, people who they think have, you know, perfect right. bodies or whatnot. And it's like, well, you're so getting paid to look a certain yeah. way as well, right? Very true. So back in the day, we used to have um, paper pictures. You know, we had photo albums. Now <laughs> we've got, you know, pictures on our phone. But yeah. The pictures in our photo album or the pictures on your web page or on your social media page, there are small captions of time. Mm-hmm. But life is lived in between the pictures. Yeah. Is life it. is lived in between this post and the next post. Mm-hmm. And we don't post what's in the middle. So no one is posting the stressful day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. no one is posting, you know, and if those those who are posting are really crying out for some help and some yeah, attention, absolutely. and we should, you know, as much as possible, uh, try to uh, offer them some assistance and help, particularly when we notice it. But life actually happens in between those posts. Life happens in between those pictures. Mm-hmm. So in between those family vacations, there were some family arguments. Oh, absolutely. That's good. Absolutely. And how well did we manage those family arguments and those setbacks? Mm-hmm. Yeah before we took the next family set of pictures. Yeah. I think that's such an important thing to remember. Um, what an awesome reminder. Um, and I'm mindful of the time today, which I could 
definitely sit here and chat for, you know, hours and hours longer. But, <laughs> you know, to wrap me. up today, um, I'm going to ask each of you to give, you know, maybe three or four tips or strategies um, that men could incorporate into their lives to promote better mental well-being besides maybe coming in and seeing right. you guys. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. No, um, be active, you know, get out, walk. Um, and it, you don't even have to run as, as guys, you know, oftentimes we want to get out there and we want to run, we want to cycle, you know, we want to do these optimal things because we're trying to um, be in optimal shape. But, you know, it's just good to be outside and breathe in. I mean, we live in Bermuda, for example, and it's one of the best climates you can be in, you know. Um, lean on your friends, have conversations, talk like real conversations, you know. Um, talk about what's, what's really going on. And um, I'd also say, sit with the emotions. It's okay, if you're not having a good day, it's all right to sit there and acknowledge that you're not having a good day and you're not your best self. And that's all right. And it's okay to tell people that today, look, you know, you're not 100%. Today, I'm only 50%. And you'd be surprised who will be there to support you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my advice certainly would be around self-care and uh, managing your sort of work-life balance. You know, this is a very, very stressful time in our economy. Uh, and, you know, things could be quite difficult and things could be quite busy. We've got to encourage our male counterparts to take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. So eat properly, exercise, you know, those types of things, getting good sleep mm -hmm. does have an impact on your body and your mind's ability to handle stress and to deal with life stressors. Um, so part of the stuff that we do around at MASK outside of you know the talk therapy is we're really trying to promote health and we're trying to promote wellness. And so making some adjustments in how you live your life is just as important as trying to talk about how we're gonna resolve some of your issues and problems. Very true, Pete. Very I true. I love that. Those are some pretty powerful tips and strategies <laughs> um, I think so many can benefit from. Um, gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure having you both yeah, here yeah. today. I enjoyed this. Thanks. Um, such an important conversation to be had. Um, it's a great thing what you're doing for Bermuda. Thank you. Um, and men, if you're listening, <laughs> um, you know, if you liked what you heard today and want to learn more um, about the services Mask offers, you can head over to their website, yes. uh, MaskBDA. And remember, that's mask with a C, like cat, BDA.com. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for being here. Thanks thank for you having so much. Us. Appreciate it. And that wraps up today's episode. A big thank you to our sponsor, the Lindos Group of Companies. Remember, why go anyplace else? I'd love to hear your thoughts on today's discussion. Head over to our social media pages at The Royal Gazette and at RG Mags on both Instagram and Facebook and share your insights with us. Until next time, Bermuda, stay healthy and stay inspired.